Well, welcome to Saturday Night Church. Let me see by a, a show of hands, who, who is here for the first time this evening? God bless you. Welcome. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. If I didn't see you, raise your hand again real quick so I can see where you are. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you guys. Welcome. So good to have you with us. Let me ask you, who's here for the first time on a Saturday night? On a Saturday night. God bless you. God bless you. Welcome, guys. Thank you for being here on a Saturday night. I always say that the really saved people come to church on Saturday nights. Amen. Amen. You know, the, 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 the less saved, but they are saved, come to church on Sunday mornings as well. So if you're not here tomorrow morning, you're also less saved. Amen. Amen. So I'm just joking, just so you know. Humor is okay. Some people say that humor is not okay. Well, I don't know. I think it's okay. This evening I'm going to be talking to you. I actually had something else in mind for this evening, but I really believe the Lord wants me to share this in a series. So I'm going to move what I was going to minister tonight to another day. I'm ministering on a, on a series on this on Sundays coming soon, and it's going to have a lot to do with worship. So I'm really excited about that. But this evening, I really felt the Lord wanted me to go in this direction, specifically with what's happening right now on the planet, what's taken place on the planet within the body of Christ, and just some things I believe we need to realign ourselves and not forget who we are and what God has called us to do and what he's called us to be. Amen. So I'm going to be talking about the prophetic tonight. In fact, the message is entitled The Prophetic Today. The Prophetic Today. And I'll be sharing some things that some of you have heard because you've been in this church for a long time. But I have got a lot of things I'm going to be sharing with you that I believe we haven't shared before. So I hope this will strengthen you and encourage you when it comes to the subject of prophecy. So let's start by, by, by saying this. You know, I was reading something and I read this statement and it really kind of, you know, got my attention because one of the things about prophecy today that, you know, many, many church groups, many, um, you know, they, they, they talk about prophecy as though prophecy is preaching. And prophecy can be preaching but that's not regular preaching, that's prophetic preaching. So prophetic preaching would be bringing something that the God wants to say now or is wanting to do, and you preach that way, so it's a prophetic message. But that's not what prophecy really is, although that is prophetic. This is profound. Prophecy in the Old Testament and prophecy in the New Testament is the same thing. That's pretty straightforward, right? Nowhere in Scripture do you ever see in the New Testament it say, well, now that it's the new covenant, prophecy is teaching or preaching. No, prophecy was con con constant from Old Testament to New Testament. Some of the way prophecies work today or affect us is different in the sense that in the New Testament, 
every believer has the ability to prophesy. Every believer has the Holy Spirit who is the prophetic spirit. How many of you believe that when you got saved, you were filled with the Holy Spirit? So we know the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. If He lives on the inside of us and He is God and God is prophetic, there's no question about that. Most of your Bible is prophetic. Then the, the spirit of prophecy lives on the inside of you. The spirit of, of God lives on the inside of you and He is prophetic. So therefore, He could activate you at any time to speak prophetically. There is no difference in what prophecy is supposed to be and when it comes to prophecy in the New Testament to the Old Testament. In the New Testament, prophecy is for several reasons, and we'll, we'll get to that this, this evening. In the Old Testament, a lot of prophecy was you know, specifically to, geared towards the Messiah, towards the coming of the Lord, which we've seen happen. But how many of you know He's coming again? Amen. So we're very excited about that. If you're not excited about Jesus coming again, that's not good. Just so you know, you've already lost points for heaven. Big time. All right. You really want to be excited. The Bible actually tells us that we should look to His coming. We should look forward. We should anticipate with eager anticipation the coming of the Lord. Amen. So this evening, to kind of lay it at, you know, in, a, in a very simplistic type way, in a way that, that I hope will be easy for you to understand, I'm going to talk about the three main realms of prophecy. Now, there are more than this, but just to make it easy to understand, because even within this, there's overlap, but there are three primary, what we call realms of prophecy. The first realm of prophecy is the prophetic spirit. You would operate or a person would operate with the prophetic spirit. Revelation 19 verse number 10 says this, and I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, see that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant and your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. This is very powerful because John actually, John the Revelatory, the Revelator, and those of you that have been here for a while, have, we just finished the series on Revelation. This is so powerful because an angel is revealing the future to John. And he's so overwhelmed by the glory and the majesty of this prophet, prophecy and what he's seeing take place that he falls down. And the angel says to him, see that you don't do that. I'm just the same as you. That's what he's saying. I'm just a fellow servant just like you. And I'm, I'm, I'm one of your brethren just like you who has the testimony of Jesus and he says, worship God for the testimony of Jesus, which we all have, by the way, is the spirit of prophecy. So if you are a believer, the spirit of prophecy dwells on the inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit. The angel is saying, listen, everything that I'm doing here is not anything that I'm, you know, I'm not nobody special. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just a, your fellow brethren. I'm just like you. Yes, I'm an angel. I have wings and stuff, but we're the same. We're the same. Don't bow down to me, because actually what you're seeing, what I've shown you, is nothing of mine. And so it is, even when it comes to the prophetic sometimes, is that people take it a little too far with their honor. And I believe in honor, okay? But it's always God. So he gets 
all the glory. He gets all the honor. And he gets all the praise. Amen. So when you get a word or when, when, when something happens, give all the glory to him. Because, because we are all just brethren. Amen. So we see, and this is so powerful to me. In Acts chapter number 2, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Everyone say all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall see dreams. We need to understand what, that we have the prophetic Spirit. And when He comes upon us, there is a possibility that we can prophesy. See, the Holy Spirit will come upon you for many things. One of them will be to prophesy. And this is in the, in the life of any believer, even you. You can prophesy. You have the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ living on the inside of you. You have the spirit of prophecy dwelling on the inside of you. Now, it's interesting because many people think, well, this is a New Testament thing. Yes, it's a New Testament thing in, in the way that we have it, in the fullness, the way that we have it. But actually, the Spirit of God would come upon people in the Old Testament, and they would prophesy. Let me show you. Let's go to Numbers chapter 11, verse 25. Numbers chapter 11, verse 25. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to him and took of the Spirit that was upon him and placed it upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the Spirit rested upon, everybody say upon, upon them, that they prophesied, although they never did so again. You see, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and when He came upon them, they were able to prophesy. But watch what the Bible says. But two men had remained in the camp. The name of the one was Elidad, and the name of the other, Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them. Now they were among those listed, but who had not gone out to the tabernacle. Yet they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses and said, Elidad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. So Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, one of his choice men answered and said, Moses, my Lord, forbid them. And Moses said to them, are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put His Spirit upon them. That the Lord would put His Spirit upon them. Now, it's very interesting because this is a very important lesson that we're going to hopefully learn this evening. You see, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, there is a possibility that you will prophesy. In fact, there's a very strong possibility that you can prophesy. You just have to learn how to see and how to hear. We can see clearly from this scripture, the Spirit comes upon them, they prophesy, they don't do it again. Why? Because they're not prophets. But when the Spirit came upon them, they were able to do it. Come on, somebody. All right, now let's take a look at something more. 1 Samuel 10, verse number 10. Same thing, Old Testament. When they had come there to the hill, there was a group of prophets, this is Saul, to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him. Everybody say, upon him. And he prophesied among them. And it happened when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets, 
that the people said to one another, What is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul among the prophets? What's the answer? No, he's not a prophet. But the Spirit of God came upon him and he prophesied. He didn't prophesy again. But when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you can prophesy. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, one of the things that He will do is He will cause you to prophesy. Prophesy, and this is not preaching. Because Paul was not, Saul was not preaching here. Are you with me? And why would we say, no, well, in the New Testament it's different. No, there's no difference. There's no difference. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you in the New Testament, you can also prophesy. doesn't mean that you always will, but you can. And there are times that He will want to use you. You are a peculiar people. The Bible says your sons and your daughters will prophesy. This started on the day of Pentecost to every generation. That was the former rain. The latter rain, I believe, is busy being poured out. It's, a, it's happening. It's happening. It's starting, and it's going to increase. But this, the Lord has been pouring out His Spirit ever since then. Can you say amen? amen. Upon you and I and everybody that gives their lives to Jesus and desires more, but you have to desire more. You see, in the Old Testament, God would primarily communicate with prophets and individuals, and the only time that someone outside of a prophet or a king would ever really speak as the Lord or on behalf of the Lord or for the Lord in, in the prophecy specifically the only time you see that is when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon them. You don't see it any other time. It's only when the Spirit of God comes upon them. Now, let's go to Acts 2 verse 14 and take a look at what happens on the day of Pentecost. Are you guys all okay? Now watch, Acts 2 14. But Peter standing up with the 11, this is now after the Spirit has been poured out, raised his voice and said to the men of Judea and all who are dwelling in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. This is something that is happening. This is something that happened and that is happening. But, but the, the second, the next part is so important. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Everybody say, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. This is important. This is what will happen. Now we see, he says, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall see dreams. But I want to focus this evening on prophecy specifically. Let's go to Acts chapter number 19, verse number 4, and then we'll, we'll move on. But I want you to understand this. Then Paul said... Paul travels and he finds a group of, of individuals that have not so much as heard about the Holy Spirit. And, and when he encounters them, he says to them, well, to what baptism were you baptized? Let's read it. John 19, verse number four. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on the Christ. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, watch this, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Everyone say upon. And the same thing happened that happened in the Old Testament, happened in the New Testament. And they spoke with tongues. Okay, that was fairly new. And they prophesied. They spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Jesus said, well, I indeed baptized with 
Well, John said, I indeed baptize with water unto repentance, but one is coming after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. See, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes inside you. But there is also a moment where He comes upon you, and I've taught you this. When He comes upon you, you are empowered to be used by God. And the Holy Spirit, the spirit of prophecy, goes from within upon for the purpose of ministry. The same way in the Old Testament, He came upon saints of old to do His will. And many times it was to prophesy, to give a word. So if if in the Old Testament he came upon individuals to prophesy more than in any other way or expressing himself, why would he do it any less in the New Testament? If it was, if there was so much of it in the Old Testament, go study it. Surely in this dispensation we would see more of it. God's desire is to be in relationship with you. You must be able to hear his voice to be able to Tell someone what he's saying. To give a word of encouragement, to give a word of exhortation, of comfort. Are you with me? And the prophetic doesn't have to be, thus saith the Lord, as wonderful as that is. You can be with someone and you just have this feeling and you say, you know, how's your brother? Because you just felt something was wrong with their brother. And they go, oh, you know, my brother, this is happening. And how did you know that? Well, you know, I just kind of felt it. Well, what's that? That's the prophetic operating. Are you with me? Whether it be words of wisdom or knowledge, let's not get technical. That's the prophetic spirit busy operating, wanting and desiring for you to hear what he has to say because he always is interested in people and desiring to draw them towards himself, to bring them into alignment. Many are the plans of a man, but he directs our steps. How many of you want to take those steps? How many of you want to walk on that path? So we understand that the first realm in the New Testament is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He can use you to prophesy. It's just a basic thing that each and every believer has the ability to do. Now, that doesn't mean you must go around now and start prophesying if you don't have, you know, you must begin to hear. You must begin to spend time with God. You can't say, I can't tell you what Naomi said if I haven't been with her. We haven't been talking. There's no nothing, right? So fellowship and communion relationship will develop that, mature that, and you'll be able to be more and more accurate. But now watch. What happens is the second realm of prophecy or a realm where people get used in, in a more, in a, basically in a more way, if that makes sense, in a way where there's more, more is revealed, more is given, is what we call the gift of prophecy. Now the Bible teaches us about different gifts. Let's read about this. Well, hang on. Let's just let me let me say this. How, you, we know that the Holy Spirit distributes gifts to individuals as He wills. He gives gifts to men. Can you say Amen? He gives gifts to us: prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, gifts of healing, gifts of miracles, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith. And then obviously the gift of prophecy is included in that. That's one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is an extension. The nine gifts of the Holy Spirit is an extension of the work of the Holy Spirit. Wanting to use you. The Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians 14 verse number 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. Prophesy. 
So prophecy, again here, is overemphasized. Even when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, it is one of the gifts that is overemphasized, which much of the church places no emphasis on. So if God in the Old Testament is coming upon people to speak, He's still coming upon people in the New Testament to speak, and some of us are saying prophecy is no longer valid or important anymore. That's wrong. Yeah, He says, listen, I want you to desire the gifts. I want you to desire the spiritual stuff, but more that you can prophesy. And then He says this, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. I'd love to talk about that. But in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies, watch this, speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. So the Spirit, so prophecy, when the Spirit comes upon you, when you begin to prophesy, the purpose of prophecy or the purpose of the gift of prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. Edification means to strengthen someone, to build someone up. Exhortation means consolation, comfort. To, to, to basically just console someone after something's happened or sometimes even in advance to give someone a word that will console them or give them comfort after something happens or comfort, which is just basic encouragement. So the main purpose of the gift of prophecy is to really strengthen and encourage somebody. That's the main purpose of the gift of prophecy. Now, when we talk about the spirit of prophecy being in each and every believer, and the fact that they can prophesy, surely the spirit or the gift of prophecy is also something where there can be an, an overlap. There's no question. We in the church are the ones who have said this is the divide. There really can't be a divide. The fact is we have the prophetic spirit. So the question is when it comes to the gift of prophecy, is the gift of prophecy given to somebody and this is your gift? Or is the gift of prophecy given whenever the Holy Spirit wants to prophesy? I don't know. It could be one or the other. It could be more of the one and less of the other. I don't know 100% for sure, but what I do know is that I have seen that there are individuals that seem to have more, of, more faith or, or more of a gifting in certain types of gifts. So for example, this, the gift of prophecy could become a gift that someone tends to be strong in. No question. Maybe it's a faith thing. Okay, and let me show you something from Scripture that's very interesting. Let's go to Acts 21, verse number 8. Acts 21, verse number 8. When it comes to the gift of prophecy, many times people that prophesy over individuals, personal prophecy specifically, oftentimes you will see the gift of prophecy in operation when it comes to that. How do we know that? Because of the, by what it's governed. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. You really shouldn't, if you aren't in a different level of the prophetic, be going out giving somebody a word that's discouraging. When people come to me, unless I know that they're a prophet, to give me a warning, I probably won't listen. But if it's a word of edification and exhortation and comfort, I'll probably listen. Unless I know that they've been walking with the Lord and they've really, really, you know, they have a prophetic gift, a strong prophetic gift on their life. But generally, those are the guidelines, edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now watch. Acts 21, verse number 8. On the next day, we who were Paul's 
companions, this is New Testament, departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. It's very interesting. Stop there. Everybody look at me. The Bible does not call them prophets. The Bible calls these four women, women who could prophesy, which means one of two things. They were just strong in, in, the, in the present. When the Spirit came upon them, they had an ability to prophesy, or they operated with the gift of prophecy. And we will see a clear divide in the next verse. Because yeah, he tells us, he says, now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. We don't hear anything else. Then in verse number 10, it says, And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. So we see that these ladies, these four ladies, were able to prophesy, whether it's just the gift of, whether it's, whether it's just a prophetic spirit and they could just prophesy because the spirit came upon them, or maybe they were strong and had the gift of prophecy and had faith in the gift of prophecy. We don't know for sure. But most certainly, the Bible identified them as individuals who could prophesy. So it would almost seem that the argument of when you prophesy, or when someone who prophesies a lot probably has the gift of prophecy. But that doesn't necessarily make them a prophet. Is there anybody out there? You guys are so quiet. Oh my gosh. Like this is like really quiet. So we see in Scripture there, in the New Testament, a clear divide, which strengthens the, the position of the fact that not everybody who prophesies is a prophet. Every one of us has the prophetic spirit. Some may develop, or the Holy Spirit, as He wills, increases the gift of prophecy on someone's life, but that, that doesn't necessarily make them a prophet either. I believe that's a great example is those four girls. They were girls that could prophesy, so they were operating probably with the gift of prophecy, but the Bible does not call them prophets because in the very next line, the Bible identifies Agabus as a prophet. Why is this important? So that you don't call everybody a prophet. That's why. Because not everybody that prophesies is a prophet. And just, <laughs> okay, I'll leave that for later. When you're a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> so we've looked at two different things. The spirit of prophecy, which everyone has. The gift of prophecy that the Holy Spirit distributes as He wills to individuals. And obviously you can become stronger in that. Or He could put that gift on you whenever He wants to. I believe that. Now, the Bible also speaks about the office of the prophet. And just so you know, the office of the prophet is absolutely valid in the New Testament. 100%. 100%. But does that mean that everybody running around calling themselves prophets are prophets? Absolutely not. And if we think it's, if we think it's something new, it's not because it was happening in the, in the, in the early church as well. There were false prophets and false, uh, false apostles running around. It's funny how in Scripture you never read about false evangelists. I think the Lord just likes anyone who wins souls. <laughs> right? 
Now, Ephesians teaches us that there are actually prophets. And the Bible says in Ephesians 4, verse number 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, there it is, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And here, they, here the Bible tells us one of the reasons why they are prophets, why they are teachers, why they are apostles, why they are evangelists. This is important for the equipping of the saints to empower you to do the work of the ministry. That's one of the primary reasons that we have prophets. The fact is, is that these gifts, these, these gifts, these offices, whatever you want to call them, are an extension are an extension of Christ himself because how many of you know he is the great prophet he is the greatest apostle he is the greatest teacher he is the greatest all of them amen let's go to Ephesians 3 verse number 3 Paul speaks about understanding a mystery and he talks about who will reveal these mysteries watch this how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it is now being revealed, now New Testament, by the Spirit of his holy apostles and prophets. So we know that there was not only apostles at the birth of the church, there were also prophets in the New Testament. There were also prophets operating in the New Testament. Thank you for your overwhelming encouragement. Now, let's take a look at a couple of examples. Let's go to Acts chapter number 11, verse 27. Acts chapter 11 verse 27 and in these days prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch everybody say prophets more than one more than one so there was some prophets a few prophets that came to Jerusalem or from Jerusalem to Antioch then one of them one of the prophets named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. So based on the prophetic word that was given, a warning from God, that there was a famine coming, they were able to prepare to, so that they could send aid. This is no longer just operating in the realm of edification, exhortation, and comfort. It's also a warning. Are you with me? And so you can see there's a greater level or a greater responsibility that's placed on the individual giving the prophetic word. Now, he is a prophet. Agabus is clearly a prophet. I want you to note, it doesn't say then one of them, prophet Agabus. It just says he was a prophet. Now, I don't have a problem with people using titles. That's fine. But it's not the most important thing. The title's not what qualifies you as a prophet. The only, one who can, the only one who can qualify you as a prophet is God Himself. And your fruit will determine 
whether people will recognize that you truly are one or not. Your business card means absolutely nothing. Your title that you've selected for yourself means absolutely nothing. I'm not against it, but I'm just saying, is that okay? In Scripture, we don't see Apostle Paul. He does say, I'm Paul, an apostle, but he doesn't go around saying, Apostle Paul said this, and Apostle Paul, or he doesn't do that. And again, I'm not criticizing because there are many that do that, and that's fine. That's fine. But I'm just telling you that it's not the most important thing. The fruit, Jesus says you will know them. You will know false teachers. You will know false prophets, apostles. You will know them by their fruit. And that's how you'll determine whether they are or are not one of those. Does that make sense? Let's go to Acts 21, verse number 10. Agabus must have been quite a serious dude in the early church because we hear it from him again. But don't think that, oh, well, he's the only prophet because in the previous scripture that we just read, it says prophets came from Jerusalem to, 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 um, to, um, to Judea. So we know that there was more than, than one, but he obviously was someone that was, you know, that had quite, quite a reputation. Acts 21, verse number 10. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. He was prophesying about what would happen to Paul, that he would end up being arrested. Are you with me? I want you to just see something here. Even New Testament prophets can be a little strange. I want, you, I want you to imagine what would you do if I had to take my belt off right now, go and tie it around your arms and stuff, pull you to the front and say, listen, this is what's going to happen to you. You'd all think, geez, this guy's crazy. Right? No prophet is the same. Every expression is different. And you know them again by their fruit. And I've taught you what that means, right? I've taught you how to look for fruit in someone's ministry. If you don't know, you guys that are new, you can go get it online. Amen? Because <laughs> I don't want to teach it again tonight. But you check the fruit to see. Remember, the devil can prophesy too. So accuracy is not always the sign. Amen. That was for free, guys. Now watch. Acts 15, verse 32. So when they were sent off, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced over its encouragement. Now Judas and Silas themselves being prophets also exhorted and strengthened the brethren, watch this, with many words. So in other words, Judas and Silas, after this letter of encouragement was read to the church, they began to prophesy. And it would seem from the text, it would seem that they were prophesying over individuals. That's what it seems like because it says they were, they were exhorting, they were exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. So it seems as though you could say it was either they, either they preached really long <laughs> or they gave many words to many individuals and strengthened them. 
And if you don't think that that's how it went in the, old, in, the, in, the, in the early church, you are wrong. Prophecy is so powerful. And it is there to edify, exhort, and comfort. It's there to strengthen you. Take a look at what happens to Timothy. 1 Timothy 4 verse 14. Look at what Paul says to him. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy and with the laying on of hands of the elders. So we can see that Paul had received laying on of hands and he'd received prophecy. So more than likely like the event with, 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 um, with Silas, and, and the, the same kind of thing, that they laid hands on him, they prophesied on, over him, they, they edified him, and, and it, it, it ended up becoming, he ended up becoming the pastor of the, of the biggest church probably in the, early, in the early times. 1 Timothy 1 verse 18, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. I want you to see something. He doesn't say according to the prophecy made concerning you. He says the prophecies. In other words, Timothy had received more than one prophecy, which tells us that the early church, they were doing some prophesying. The early church was doing some prophesying, some encouraging, some exhorting, some building up. To the point where Paul says, listen, those words, they're worth fighting for. Those words are worth doing war over because that's what God has said concerning your life, Timothy. And now that you're a young pastor and everybody thinks they can do a better job, just fight with the words that he's given you. Come on, somebody. When those men rose up against Timothy, go read it. They rose up against him. What was he supposed to do? He was supposed to fight. He was supposed to fight, how? Not against flesh and blood, but in the spirit. God said, this is what I'm going to do with you, Timothy. This is where I'm, I wish we could have heard those prophecies concerning Timothy. But this is the plan that God, I have for you, Timothy. This is what I'm going to do. And while Timothy is going through hell, Paul says, listen, don't worry, my boy. It's going to be okay. Take a hold of those words, those prophecies. Well, you know, then he goes and opens his scrolls because he didn't have laptops like we do, you know. This afternoon, while I was preparing this message, I went and opened a folder with many of my prophecies over my own life and began to listen to them. And they began to strengthen me. They began to encourage me. The first one I have recorded was from 1998. Then I looked at one from 2001, where we both received the word together. And I listened to it, and it was powerful. And half of it's already come to pass. Listen, I'm so great, the other half hasn't, because there's more to come. Amen. But it was the words that got me through many of my my, my personal struggles. I know what the Word says, but sometimes in order for us to keep going in a direction that we want to go, we believe God's calling us, we want to hear personally, hey, this is the direction I want you to go. God has a plan for you. For you. Man, when you guys arrived, I knew you were new, and God pointed you out to me right away. Like right away. You are a very special family. 
You're an extremely precious family. And, and, and the hand of the Lord is upon you. The hand of the Lord is strong upon you. Amen. And I don't know if the prophetic has ever hurt you or anything like that, but I know God has got a, has got a plan. And, and the word that I keep on hearing by the Spirit is the word restoration. Restoration and listen, and also revealing. God says, I will restore and I will begin to reveal things to you. I will begin to show you things. And those things that have, have maybe hurt you, I don't know why I keep getting this, but like these things that have maybe hurt you in the past, God says, I will show you and you will not do those things and I will raise you up and you will be a voice that will speak peace and you will speak love and you will speak joy. Young lady, the, the hand of the Lord is strong on your life. Strong on your life. Amen. First Thessalonians 5 verse number 20 says this. It's really short. Do not despise prophecies. Romans 12 verse number 6 says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. God wants you to use the gifts that He gives you. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching. God wants to use each and every one of us in, in the areas that He's called us to minister. Now, prophecy may not be the area where God will, 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 will use you in a very strong way, but I can assure you, you can prophesy. You are a prophetic people. You have the spirit of prophecy on the, living on the inside of you. And listen, listen to me. I know that the prophetic has been something that has been a difficult subject in, in our time. Over the last few years, it's been difficult. It's been challenging in many ways because of many things that have taken place in the body of Christ. And this is in no way am I pointing fingers at anybody. But it's been hard. Because oftentimes we see things and, and, and it just doesn't make sense. Like, how, how could they have said that? How could, didn't happen, you know, stuff like that. But the fact is, is that in the midst of, of those times and those things, when you see that happen, it's, it's up to you to have the faith to tell the truth and to proclaim the word of the Lord. A prophet said to me just recently, he said to me, you've been holding back. He said, God wants you to stop holding back. He said he wants you to speak. He wants you to prophesy. You know, you mustn't hold back. If God has put a gift in you, you must use it. He wants to use us. You see, the, 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 the fivefold ministry equips the body of Christ, equips the church to do the work of the ministry. And guess what? I assure you, you need tools to do your job. Those tools come in the form of gifts. Those gifts are an expression of God, the Holy Spirit, through words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, discerning of spirits, prophecy, and all that stuff. We need it in order for us to be supernatural because if we don't operate by any of the gifts of the Spirit and we only operate in the Word, it's Logos, and it doesn't give life without the Spirit. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. To what? To the letter. The Holy Spirit brings the Word alive. So when you're sharing with someone, when, you, when you're sharing with someone anything, 
You need the Holy Spirit's presence. The Holy Spirit's presence present. <laughs> That's what you need. If I counsel, I just try my best to just sit. And it's like I'm listening. But I'm listening to him or her, normally him. <laughs> if it's her, it's my wife or someone else there. And I'm listening always. Don't ever go for counseling if you're a woman to a man. Unless another woman is present. Otherwise, you're asking for trouble. Okay, let's carry on. Amen. Amen. The devil attacks, guys. I'm always waiting to hear in counseling what the Holy Spirit has to say. And every time it's been effective or supernatural or amazing, it's because He told me what to say. I've often been in a meeting and I'm like listening to myself talk and I'm thinking, where does this come from? Because this is like not me. And that's the Spirit of God using you with words of wisdom, with words of knowledge, with discerning of spirits, prophecy, encouragement, edification, exhortation. I'm confident I can call you up here and I can call my leaders and almost all of them will be able to prophesy over you. Because I know the Spirit of prophecy resides in us and they are all filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe that God is wanting to ignite a desire. You see, the Bible says, desire spiritual gifts. Man, I only had to hear that one time when I was a young Christian. I only had to hear it once. And I took note to the second part. But especially that you, shall, you may prophesy. Man, I just wanted to, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like for God to give me something for somebody else. And at the same time, it was one of the most scary things from the point of view of like, man, what if I make a mistake? What if, what if, you know, it's just me? Do you think for one second that the old prophets didn't think the same way? They were flesh just like you. Why do you think Elijah calls fire down from heaven, has this huge thing, the whole nation turns to God, but the very next day, he's afraid of Jezebel's threat because he's a man, just like you and I. We're just human. But God is looking for people who will step out in faith, out of their relationship with God. No relationship, no gifting. You don't want to be operating out of anything unless you're in relationship with Him. And when you're in relationship with Him, it's so easy. 
because you can clearly hear him. It's like when I've been when I've been with with someone, my wife, I'm with her all the time. When I'm with when I'm with her, it's like I can I just I know her voice, I know everything so easily all the time. But if you're apart for a long time, it's more difficult. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? So you must draw close to God. And you must have a desire. I can't desire it for you. You're the one who has to have a desire for spiritual gifts or for the spiritual to be spiritual. That's really what it means. But God wants us to have that desire. He wants us to be used. And I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to do that even tonight to empower you to be used more. I'm so glad you all in, in, agree with me on that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, we just so grateful to you. Like your word clearly says, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And your same spirit that came upon servants of old is coming upon us now. The same Holy Spirit that came upon those disciples with Paul and they began to prophesy is here with us right now. You said to your disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from upon high. You said that you shall wait until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Lord, let us also be a people that desire for your presence, your spirit to empower us, to be used by you for your glory, Lord for your glory. I pray that you will raise us up, Lord. Raise up the church. Raise up each and every one of us. Let us desire you. Your word says before, it tells us to desire spiritual gifts. It says that we should pursue love. Let that always be our motivation. Let that always be our drive, Lord to pursue love, love for others and love for you more than anything. Lord, let us minister. Let us minister your heart. Let us minister your words to people so that they would be strengthened and encouraged. I believe, Father, that you have called this house to be prophetic. You have called us to be a prophetic people, Lord. Lord, and I believe that you are raising the church up in this hour. Did you not say in your word, that in the last days you will pour out your spirit on all flesh? Did you not say in your word that your sons and your daughters, they will prophesy? It wasn't an if or a but. It was they will prophesy. So I pray, Lord, that you will raise us up to be prophetic, 
to prophesy, to stand and declare your word. I remember when I was younger, how I would stand in my room and begin to prophesy concerning my future, concerning my destiny. I prophesied over myself. I would stand and see the the crowds of people. I would stand and see the things that you had planned for me. And I would do it with such excitement, Father. Lord, I pray that you will raise us up to be that way. And let us never forget our first love, Lord. Let us always pursue you far above anything else in the mighty name of Jesus. And I give you thanks for it. I give you praise for it right now in Jesus' name. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've come here this evening and your life isn't right with God, I want to challenge you this evening. God has a plan for you. He wants to use you in in all the stuff I've shared with you tonight. But the first thing that needs to happen is your life must be right with God. Your life must be right with Him. So if you haven't given your life to Jesus or your life isn't right with Him, I want to ask you right now, if that's you and you say, Pastor Alex, I need to make my life right with God tonight. If that's you, quickly slip your hand up so I can pray for you. Quickly slip your hand up. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else say, Pastor Alex, that's me. I need my life to be right. I need to give my heart to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. I see those two hands. Thank you. Anybody else? Last call. I'm not going to drag this out. I see that hand. Thank you so much, ma'am. God bless you. I see your hands, guys. Thank you. You can put them down. God bless you, sir. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to ask everybody to stand just for a second. I'm not going to drag this out. Just for a second. Just stand. If you raised your hand, and even if you didn't, but you feel like you should have, we're going to pray a prayer. In fact, every one of us will pray this prayer this evening. But if you raised your hand, I want to ask you to specifically pray this prayer from your heart. And if you mean this from your heart, I want you to know the Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord and that He was raised from the dead, we will be saved. Repentance is where it starts. Amen? So let's all pray. Let every one of us pray. But if you raised your hand, pray this from your heart, and He will touch you right now. Let's say, Father, I come to you tonight. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Lord, tonight... I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. Father, tonight, fill me with your spirit. Write my name in the book of life in Jesus' name. Let me have a new start tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap. Amen. 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 You can take a seat for one more minute if you want. If you need to go, you can go. You might just be missing out on the best part, but that's okay. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So, who of you in this room desire to be used in prophecy. Let me see your hands. If you desire to be used in prophecy, raise your hand real quick. Don't be afraid. 
Okay, I'm going to ask you all to come to the front. Every one of you. So if you have come to the front, you are saying, like Scripture says, that you desire the gifts of the Spirit. And you are saying, especially prophecy. Do you all agree? Is that what you desire? Then raise your hands to heaven. Father, tonight in this place, I give you thanks for these people. Lord, you know who is seeking you, who is knocking, who is desiring more of you. And Lord, I pray according to their faith, by stepping forward and coming to the front, making a declaration, Lord, that they desire spiritual gifts, but especially that they can prophesy. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would create opportunities, that you would give them opportunities, that they would hear your voice, Lord, and that the spirit of prophecy, Holy Spirit, that you would come upon them and use them I ask, Lord, that the gift of prophecy be released tonight in these people. Lord, touch them right now. Holy Spirit, fill them right now. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray this. I release this to you. Just keep on praying. Just keep on praying. Keep on praying right now. I release prophecy. I release the gift of prophecy. I release other gifts, gifts of healings, workings of miracles. I release tongues, interpretations of tongues to be used. In, in a situation where people need to, to see and be edified and exhorted, Lord, increase in their lives. I can see as I look across, across this room, I can see many of you. God's going to use you mightily in the days that lie ahead. God's going to open your eyes. Father, I pray that you open their eyes, that you use them mightily in the mighty name of Jesus. And I give you thanks, Lord. Anoint them tonight for everything you have called them to do and equip them, Holy Spirit, with gifts with gifts, with the gifts of the Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus, but especially that they may prophesy according to your word, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord a big clap and a shout. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 All right. That said, I don't need to lay hands on you. Listen, I've prayed over you. I want you to know something. Sometimes we believe that the only time God is moving is when somebody falls down. Falling down is wonderful. I love it. But let me tell you something. Some of the greatest impartations I've received, I feel absolutely nothing. But the next day, it's like everything has changed. Everything has shifted. So I want you to know... According to his word, 
And because of your faith, by the way you responded to the word and the prayer of faith that has been prayed over you, I have no doubt that God will give you increase in the area of the prophetic in your lives in the mighty name of Jesus. I believe it with all of my heart. Now I'm going to release you to go home. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you. We worship you. We exalt you. Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I know that we are moving into a time, Father, where the prophetic will be so necessary. Lord, where many would need to speak a contradiction to the plans of the enemy. Many would need to speak a contradiction to the plans of the enemy concerning concerning their lives, concerning, concerning their children, Father. Lord, that you will equip them not only for themselves, but also for their family members, for their loved ones, for, for people at work, Father, for their, for their fellowships, groups, their friends. Lord, that you will give them words that will speak life and edification, exhortation, and comfort. Lord, it's, it's like when Jesus said, when he said that he was, he, was, he was a little bit perplexed, he said, well, then what shall I say? I pray, Lord, that we will be like that in all situations, even when we're struggling, even when we're going through stuff, that we will desire to hear a word from you. What is it that you desire for us to speak? And I pray that for each and every person in this place. Now I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father and the fellowship with the Spirit be with each and every one of you as we leave this place tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen.